Hey guys, and welcome to Let's Get Freaky Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Cullum. Thank you so much for being here. We've got another great show for you today, guys. Before we get into it, have you had any paranormal experiences? If so, we would love to hear it, and we'd love to have you as a guest on the show if you'd be willing to share it. It's very easy to get in touch. Email us at Let's Get Freaky Podcast at Outlook.com. That's Let's Get Freaky Podcast at Outlook.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok slide into our DMs. We would love to hear from you, so please get in touch. Now, if you're enjoying Let's Get Freaky podcast, which I really hope you are, a great way to support the show is giving us a five-star review wherever you can. That really does, really does help us. It gets us out there to more people that are into the freaky world that we discuss every single week. Now, on today's show, we've got John, guys. We had an amazing conversation. I called this episode The Nightmare After Christmas because some of what we talk about took place this year after Christmas. Um, it is absolutely terrifying, guys. Very freaky stuff. Let's get into it. Let's get freaky. Okay, guys, I'm very excited to welcome our next guest to Let's Get Freaky podcast all the way from Canada in Newfoundland. Hope I've said that right. I'll find out in a second. I've got Jonathan Mallard. How are you, sir? Uh, here we go. There he is. Newfoundland. <laughs> Newfoundland. I think you did pretty good. Did I say I think that? You did pretty good. <laughs> I've got to say it again now as well because your podcast is called the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Did I say that right? Almost Newfoundland. Ah. So, Newfin. so not Newfin. Newfin. Yeah. Goofin. Newfoundland. Drinking. Yes. Newfoundland. There you go. <laughs> it's an awesome, <laughs> awesome podcast, man. Yeah, our provincial anthem is the Ode to Newfoundland. So it's a spin on that, the Odd to Newfoundland, all the weird and wonderful things that happen all over the world I bring to the East Coast for the East Coast Esoterica. Awesome stuff, man. So what got you, let's start at the beginning, what got you into the paranormal? Oh, man. You know, it's funny because... The more you think about it, the farther back it really goes, the things that connect to, you know, what really sets you on that path. And a lot of people specialize. So I guess I'll go right back to the very beginning. My kids uh, love the paranormal, but like they're not into it like I was when I was their age. And uh, <laughs> my, uh, my biggest thing was when I was probably about maybe eight, nine years old, we go up to my summer home in a place just outside of St. John's, Newfoundland, called Holyrood, and, uh, which itself has a lot of paranormal stuff linked to it. But that's not really what happened. We used to go to the gas station before we go up to the cabin, and I used to have a quote-unquote treat. Mom and Dad would buy me something before we go up for the night up to the cabin, which I thought was always great. And, uh, you know, it would be quite boring up there. It'd be not a whole lot to really do. Like, you know, we're talking in the, like, early, like, late 80s, early 90s. There's no electricity up there. There's no TV. There's no satellite. There's nothing. You're bored of it. You're reading books and playing toys, really. And I can remember being in the gas station and just being so bored. I mean, like, oh, my God. Huh. What's that there in the rack? And in great big letters on this little newspaper, it reads, Bat Boy, finally back in captivity. And I was like, what the heck is this? And it was the iconic Weekly World News magazine. And uh, I'll never forget it. Picking it up and knowing it was all BS, foolish, but just loving the idea that Bigfoot was real to these guys. Alien was real to these guys. And like, there's like pictures of Elvis and aliens with JFK. And like, it was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, hang on one sec. Sorry about that. That was the wife. No problem. <laughs> that was the wife. I'll edit that one out. <laughs> I'll take that bit out. <laughs> no, no. She was just telling me she was going out to get some eggs. Hopefully she comes back on like the last wife who went out for a cart of cigarettes and I haven't seen her in 10 years. Anyway, we're going to go too. Oh, yeah. Newfoundland. Theory. <laughs> I've got to leave that in. Is that all right? That's funny. We're up to the cabin. I'm up to the yep. cabin and I'm reading this magazine and I'm falling in love with it. Like to the point where like back in middle school back then, like grade eight, grade nine, 10, 11, like everyone had agendas. So what I mean by Jen is like, it's like a day planner. And like, I was like, everyone had like, all the girls had like Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys and all the guys had like wrestling, like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and all this stuff, which I love too, by the way, but we'll talk more about that after. Uh, 
but me, like I had cut out like all these things from the weekly world news and plastered them in my agenda. And I can remember to this very day, it'd be like homeroom page, flip over, fat Elvis smoking a joint, like like all this ridiculous <laughs> stuff from over the years that I that I collected. And uh, really, that was probably the start of wanting to know more about weird stuff. I can remember it was such a big deal to have a Microsoft computer back then and with internet and like to be able to create your own file on your internet and put like weird pictures I found, like trippy things I found, like weird articles. And like, even back then I was a collector of the strange, uh, that mind you, you know, as the years went on, I kind of figured I'd probably never get a girlfriend if I kept doing this. So I get into <laughs> other things, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a professional wrestler for 10 years. I wrestled wow. for many promotions here in Newfoundland. Uh, two-time heavyweight champion, one-time tag team champion here. Wow. Uh, Love professional wrestling. Did it for years. Was trained by the guys who were trained by Sailor White, who was part of the Moondogs back in the 70s and 80s. So it was that was kind of like where my focus went for a very long time. And then when wrestling ended, uh, I kind of got into the paranormal again. And it it threw a little bit of serendipity, too. Like, I met this guy... um, we were working together at a just a horrible job. We hated it. So it was like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm not much. He's like, well, got something to tell you. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm actually a paranormal investigator. <laughs> I was like, really? And he's like, but like, I'm more than that. I'm actually like an actual investigator. And like in the back of his trunk, he was just had all the surveillance gear. Like you would not believe like, and I just looked at him and I said, so like, what do you mean paranormal investigator? He's like, yeah, I'm kind of into it, but I'm not. Like, I'm looking for someone to do it with. And I was like, I love weird shit, dude. I love it. <laughs> like, we, we hit it off. And uh, the next thing you know, we're down in one of the most haunted places in Newfoundland on our first ever ghost hunt. And like, I was very fortunate. Like, when I came into ghost hunting, I came in with like the top of the line, top tits gear, like right away. We had parabolic mics and we had all the good stuff. So we went down and put a few recorders around and asked a bunch of questions and would later realize that it's a horrible idea to move when you're investigating because all you hear is <laughs> like in your ear. <laughs> uh, I can remember being back up in the parking lot. I used to smoke back then. Uh, so we were up in the parking lot having a smoke and we plugged one of our recorders into the dashboard audio jack for the car and blasted the speaker to see if we could hear anything. And, like, in the distance, you could hear us, like, you know, kind of murmuring as we left. And then as we're gone, there's, like, 10 minutes of ultimate just silence, nothing but white noise. And then suddenly you hear this big, big slamming noise. And I looked at Rob and I said, Jesus, what was that? I mean, it wasn't us, obviously. We were on the other side. Like, just it's military bunkers down in Cape Spear. I mean, they're they're about a football field apart, really. They're all connected. but unless we're slamming something down there at two o'clock in the morning, I mean, what the hell was that? Right. So we went back and looked around and the only thing that could possibly be the culprit was an old cell door. The thing was that that cell door was like rusted out and bolted into the wall. It, there's no way you can move it. So in my opinion, I think that we got very, very lucky on our first ever paranormal investigation. And I think we got ourselves probably a prime example of, not only just electronic voice phenomena, but also a residual haunting that's been going on there. So that was our first experience. So if that's your first experience in the paranormal, what do you think is going to happen? You're going back for more. You're going to get addicted, man. (laughs) That a seven-year escapade to prove that there's something to this stuff. And just there was nothing we didn't do, nothing we didn't try. Uh, The closest I ever got to proving this stuff was real. Is repeatable data in the same place I investigated for three years straight. Was there pretty much every weekend on the weekend. It was a dream come true. And uh, once it came under new management, I guess they decided it probably wasn't the best for business. <laughs> they said bye bye. Plus, you know they're they're funded by the government, so they don't exactly need. Uh, it's not like in the states where you probably need someone to have a ghost adventure there a couple times a week to keep the interest level and to have the body show up as a historic site. So here it was a little different. Um, but yeah, yeah, like wrote a book about it, got published, became best selling author on the subject of electronic voice phenomena. I mean, just a lovely, lovely career. And then, of course, you know, after a few years, seven years, I mean, 
it kind of was like, okay, it's, I, I'm getting, I don't want to say I'm getting sick of this or bored of it, but it's like, I've gone as far as I'm going to go, like without, you know, some kind of like master's degree <laughs> in engineering or some kind of scientific background, I'm probably not going to get much farther than what I am for, you know, doing my best to show people that this stuff doesn't exist. So what do you do? Well, you go back to your inspirations. Well, what was my first inspiration? Well, it was a weekly world news. It was the foolishness. It was the funniness. It was the the goofiness is something that's different about my podcast. Most other people's podcasts are very, very serious and straight to the point. They should be. A lot of people take what they study or research very seriously. But with me, it's, oh, no, I'm laughing at the lunatic who, who thinks Bigfoot took off with his kid. I'm, I'm, I'm going to laugh at that. And and I'm probably going to have a very strong opinion about people who are on TV investigating shows who I know are full of shit. So it's my show was a little different, but much like the Weekly World News, that old time magazine, it's just like flipping the page, just like flipping the page. It's a different thing. It's a paranormal variety show. So so that's the difference between my show and say somebody else's, who kind of I don't know they'll they'll stick on one subject per show. Me like I just did thirty episodes right in a row for Halloween. And every single day is a different episode, five, six minutes long, like 31 days of Halloween. And it's a different episode every day. Really One episode cool. was all about murderers who never got caught. Another episode was, you know, oh, my God. Oh, we talked about the Bone Chapel. Like, there's all kinds of really cool stuff there. So my show is, it's really the product of what I am. You know, the skeptic, grizzled old paranormal investigator mixed in with a lot of weirdness. And uh, who knows what's next. That's cool. I think it's good to have a bit of fun as well. I, I like that. I don't think there's any. I think that's cool. <laughs> and I've listened to your show. It's awesome, man. Yeah. What's your favorite episode, Callum? So I I I, re- I recently started looking at it, and I was going through the the thirty one days of Halloween. Oh yeah. So I've gone through a lot of them, and I think the last episode I listened to, you was talking to a lady that was unwell. Am I right with that yeah. one? Okay, so that's from last year. Okay, these are, these are probably older ones. Yeah, and yes, I know. I her name escapes me now. Lovely was lady, a, a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I think so. Was it Joy? I think it was. Yes, she had a brain tumor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And no, like, no. I was one of the last people who were lucky enough to be on her show, or you know, to have her on. Like, yeah. Uh, she had promised me as soon as she came out of surgery. See, this is the thing with me. After January of my life, like I have no fear of death or people who are dying to talk to them anymore. None. Okay. And I think I think that comes with the fact that I just came so close to it myself. It's like I can relate to people on a different level. So yeah. it's with her, it's I'm going to die very, very soon. But I still have a lot to talk about. And yeah. There's also a mortality thing about this. You might not know this now, but everything you're recording right now is going to last forever as long yeah. as somebody fronts the bill. Yeah. <laughs> but true. you will survive forever if you go on YouTube. That's my next thing, I think. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get 250 episodes, and they re-release them all on YouTube and try to get some traction that way. Hence the reason why I don't do video, because I, I wanted to make sure I had an extensive library yeah. like before I put it up. But anyway, the uh, the main thing, there's so many episodes I've done and so many just really cool people from different parts of the paranormal. Like yeah. here's somebody who is going to die in a couple of years, who comes back to the show after a couple of years and who's just about to die. Like she's been on the show twice. Yeah. Chance to say goodbye to her and also have her on. It's such a cool, cool fucking thing. That's just, yeah, that's you don't get to do that podcasting very often. Yeah. Definitely. It was strange. Cause obviously it's, it's, it's really sad, but you sort of forgot that she was really ill. As you was listening to your, your talking, and Great. yeah, awesome man. How is she now? Is she is she passed now? Yes, yeah, oh, she's sad. gone now. But uh, the she... cool thing about it is yeah. that I might be the one person on the planet who really isn't afraid to die now. No yeah. fear. I know there's an afterlife because I've documented it for seven years. Yeah. I don't know if it's the afterlife y'all think it is. I don't think you're Casper. I think it's yeah. just a party that lives on, but. <laughs> Can I ask? Then I died. Then I pretty much died myself. Really? <laughs> I want to get back to that. But can I ask you? Because that lady said to you that she will come and see you when she passes. Did she? Did she come and see you? Give you any signs? 
if she if she did if she did I didn't notice and she's probably pissed off at me. Yeah. <laughs> up until now, I haven't had any uh, close encounters with an old friend of mine. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back to when when you nearly died. If you don't mind talking about that. Well, we're almost on the anniversary of it, and I'm not being honest with you. I'm getting kind of antsy about it now. I'm thinking about it more, so it might be good to talk about it. Actually. Yeah. I'll check the hand. And how do you feel, hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands ready. ready to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you listen. Some people have vibrators. I don't. I don't need, <laughs> don't need- <laughs> um, So you know how everyone's wife is always like, you're not sick. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You remember this story. Okay? You play this for you. Next time you had the man called and you wanted to soak you a little bit on the couch, you play this yeah. story. It's very okay. important. Um so on the 28th of December, 2021, I was out celebrating my, guess I should say, brother and sister's uh, wedding anniversary kind of deal. And for Christmas, my mom was like, you know what, guys? I'm going to get you guys a hotel night. There you go. We'll take the kids. You guys go have fun. We're like, that's the best Christmas present you could ever give us. Thank you. <laughs> we'll go make more children for you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We go to the hotel, and I tell my wife, I say, you know what? I'm just not feeling good, man. Like, I don't feel very good. I feel a little ill. I feel like it's hard to breathe. I feel sick. I don't know if I got COVID or what's going on. And I tested a bunch of times that week because I just was feeling a little off. No COVID, no sign of this. You know, I figured right away that's what it was, but it really wasn't. Anyway, they all go down swimming at around 6 o'clock at night. And we had our supper and it went down. And I was, you know, I'm just not feeling it, guys. I'm going to stay up in the room, I think. And I went upstairs and I was watching TV and just hanging out. Jeez, it just got worse and worse. I was like, man, like, I'm really tight in my chest. This is not a fucking heart attack, though. My arm doesn't hurt or nothing. Like, this is crazy. Like, and now that I think on it, I'm so glad I had the wherewithal and self-awareness. Because if I had to just pass it off as me sick, I wouldn't be here today. But anyway, (laughs) a good thing I wasn't drinking, too. Because if I had been drinking, dead, dead for sure. Because if I had a pack, that would have been done for sure. But anyway, um, when my wife came up from swimming with uh, with my brother and sister, he uh, she she comes up and she's like, "Are you feeling any better?" I'm like, "No, man. Like, I hate to be a drama queen, but I think I'm gonna need to go to the hospital." She's like, "You don't need to go to the hospital, Jesus. You're all right." And I'm like, "No, man. Like, I'm having a really hard time breathing. Like, we need to go. Like, something's not right." Anyway. Begrudgingly, we get into the cab and it was God lover, right? Like, I don't blame my, like, you got to understand, I was a professional wrestler for 10 years. I made money faking being hurt and sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't fucking blame her for not believing me. It's probably my own fault. But, you know, a bit of Jocko Willinks there for you, a bit of extreme uh, self awareness, uh, <laughs> a bit of extreme self, uh, what's the word I'm here for? Um, responsibility extreme responsibility for that decision but anyway we go get the cab and like we go to the hospital we walk in i look at the nurse and i said i'm having trouble breathing i don't feel good like i'm not feeling the best and she's just like oh yeah okay go sit in the waiting room now (laughs) i'm like okay like this is newfoundland i don't know what your healthcare system's like but ours is free but yeah. kills a lot of people in the waiting room. Because <laughs> you might be there yeah. way too long. Anyway, I'm in the waiting room. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I get checked in, blah, blah, blah. And like, I looked at my wife and I said, yeah, this is getting worse. And I can feel my lungs tightening and tightening and tightening. Like, this is worse. And she says, calm down, deep breaths. Like, thank God she's a nurse. Like, my wife's a nurse. Oh, wow. Another reason why she probably didn't take me too serious. Because yeah. she sees real people die every day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this was the height of COVID, too. Like, this is... This is 2021 yeah. in Newfoundland. Like, we're still in lockdown. In fact, after I went in the hospital, we went to another lockdown a week after. So, like, oh, it's not yeah. uncommon, right? Anyway, I'm in the office. Doctors come out, do all my videos. We're like, you know, blood pressure's looking pretty good. Your oxygen seems low, though. Like, you are. There's something going on there. So, we're going to keep you in. Um, they're like, you know, we're going to give you a little CPAP machine. Now, we're going to put that on you, help you breathe a little bit, give your lungs a little break, and you go on to sleep. I'm like, okay. They tell my wife to go back to the hotel. Like, he's going to be fine. Nothing wrong with him. He just, his lungs are very tired from whatever's been at him. Might be an infection or something. It's like, you know, it's not uncommon. Um, she said, we're seeing a lot of it, mainly because we're, we're not in lockdown anymore. And there's a lot of stuff floating around now. <laughs> oh, my God, Callum. Four o'clock in the morning, they call her back. Uh, he's going to die. 
there's a good chance. Please come back to the hospital. No. All I remember is waking up four o'clock in the morning, ripping the CPAP machine off and being like, could not breathe. My lungs pretty much collapsed. Oh. I can remember turning myself over, banging on the buzzer to get the nurse or whatever, whoever to come. Uh, everything started going dizzy and black. I was sitting on the end of the bed with my two hands grass on the end of the bed so I wouldn't fall forward. Yeah. And everything went black. Wow. Woke up two weeks later after oh, being man. put into a medically induced coma because I just could not breathe on my own anymore. Uh, yeah, it was fucked. Wow. Woke up, didn't know who I was, where I was. Didn't never had any memory of my past, future, or present. Nothing. Oh man, did not even know my fucking name. Like when you see people come out of comas, like you see on TV shows, like, and they're like, "I recognize you all." That ain't how it works. Uh-huh. They come out, they're a fucking mess. And like two weeks in, I lost like forty pounds on the drip. So I couldn't move like my just completely seized up. And I can remember very little of what happened to me. My last memory was of Halloween that year. So I remember that Halloween and talked about that oddly enough, (laughs) but I guess it was because it was, that's about how far back my memory got erased because I was on a drug called Propovol, which they call the milk of amnesia. This stuff is what you give to people who are like, apparently I was very hard to put down. Right. Like the nurse told me in a follow up, like when I seen her again, I came in with breathing problems there a few months after because anytime I had any airway issues, I had to go to the hospital. And the same nurse who saw me that night and found me was like, oh, my God, you're alive. That's great. <laughs> I was like, thanks. She's like, last time I saw you, you wouldn't let go of the bed. We had to put Provol in you just to get you off the fucking bed. Like, wow. I was like, and at first I was like, that doesn't sound right. Like, usually that's given, but no, no, they inject you pretty much right away and hook you up to the respirator. Like, it's no fucking joke. Like, it's fast. Um, I was just a complete mess. Took me a long time to come out of it. Uh, you know, two or three months really in recovery in my own bed at home. I was a week or so in hospital. Uh, just couldn't even lift a spoon to my mouth. Anybody who goes and do like a coma of any sort and wake up and they're going to be just a baby for two weeks, basically. Really, 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 really scary. scary. I'd say it was probably about, I'd say it probably took a month for my brain to start to remember all the shit I saw while I was asleep vivid brutal nightmares and this is where it gets paranormal because it was fucked like i'm telling you right now and it's as real as real could be when you're under like that like if you ever had the chance to put yourself or your loved one uh you know i don't want to use the word out of their misery but if they're ever about to die and the doctor said you want us to make them more comfortable what they mean is they're probably going to give them propofol or some kind of drug on that family that are going to rest them so they physically can't move and just wait for them to die. I highly recommend doing that for your friends because it's the best fucking high you're ever going to have. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> I've, done a, I've done a lot of mushrooms, Callum. This was fucking great. Okay? <laughs> like, this wow. is some Joe Rogan spaced out talking about shit on his podcast stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the, the main thing from my dreams, though, was that it was a lot of my insecurities and a lot of my broken mind just filling in the gaps. Like I remember one part of my dream, I was on an all inclusive and drinking all kinds of booze and partying and all this. And just realizing that I can't get up out of my chair in the dream. So you do have some level of consciousness (laughs) and being like, what the fuck is going on? And then, you know, when you wake up two weeks later and you try to piece together what might've been going on around you, I would imagine it was probably the nurse's, you know, having their little glasses of non-alcoholic champagne on New Year's Eve while they were celebrating. And I was probably hearing that and then turning that into this, I'm on an all-inclusive. And like, wow, everything I love to do except wrestle while I was out, which kind of pissed me off. Like it would have been a great <laughs> opportunity to wrestle for Vince McMahon and believe I was actually there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I got man. to gamble and I got to marry some Indian girl apparently and Oh, God, it was really fucked. But there was also a few very chilling paranormal things. One thing was a brutal nightmare. And this nightmare was, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I'm also a foster parent. I I foster kids, special needs kids. 
for the most part, kids who are high needs or big family groups. Like it's, it's a serious wow. job. Like yeah. I can't work other than doing that. So it's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Um, Cause my life's not screwed up at all. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the, the main thing that was going on in this nightmare was that there was a lot of uh, Northern Labrador stuff. So Oddly enough, we were like, like you ever see like in the cartoons, like they have the the many staircases situation yeah. where you can yeah. walk upside down and around. And I think it's based on like different levels of hell. Yeah, I, I think it is. I'm not totally sure, but I, I think that's what it's been. Anyway, mine was like that, but it was like we were stuck inside a cabin in Labrador, and there was like crazy Inu people trying to get in and kill me, basically. Wow. And the weirdest thing happened, man. I was like legit afraid. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I, I could feel myself being afraid. Like, I was like, this is not how I felt in my other dreams. <laughs> yeah. And like, so afraid and wanting to escape, but I couldn't. Like, I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this young guy shows up and he's Indian. Okay. I'm thinking he's Cree because he had the very distinct nose and very distinct hairline. Their hairline is very distinct. Long, straight, dark hair, dressed in, oddly enough, not like a cloak or anything. He was actually dressed what it looked like you'd wear to church, a black dress suit. So he had a black pants, black shirt, and this guy's face was like just completely dead-faced, but very angelic and very common. And like... I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a very Christian guy. So this made no fucking sense. Like, none. Yeah. So, and like, I had, I'm not going to say I'm ignorant to the way Indians and, and the indigenous people, you know, cleanse the spirit and stuff like that. I'm not ignorant to the idea, but I'm also like, I have no idea how the ritual goes. I know what a smudge is, but I don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not really something I'm into. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. So, vividly, I remember him taking out the incense in his hand with a little gray cup, burning it, and using the feather over me to smudge me while I was asleep. This is fucked. So I'm in my dream, and I'm getting cleansed by someone or something. Yeah. And I thought that was the most fucking bizarre thing because that is not my religion. That is not my connection whatsoever. And uh, yeah. thank God I'm going to have someone on my show really soon who's actually an Aboriginal medium. I'm going to hope to get some answers yeah. from him uh, about that. But anyway, this was like next level shit because even though I'm out and I'm in a coma, I'm still very much a paranormal, <laughs> very much in that sphere. And that. Yeah. Uh, just the feeling of calmness that came over me as he waved that feather, like he had the little black, it was a feather with an eye in it. I think it was an eagle feather, something along those lines. And he was just cleansing me and putting it all over me and never, ever touched me, but just used the feather. And I'm, I'm using my hand here to show you. <laughs> you can't really see on camera. <laughs> it was really bizarre to have that experience and remember it months later and then try to interpret. So it was like, it was almost like a paranormal experience because yeah. This is something that happened to me while I was completely like you are completely in a vegetative state. Like your mind is still working, but these things are still happening. But anyway, after that, my dreams seemed to get really interesting. Uh, I dreamt I was in a store somewhere in Japan or, or China or something for a while. And it was like a mix of Japan and China, which was really weird. <laughs> I think it's because I love Chinese food, but I love JRPG games. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> and like having like all these weird things happening and researching it later and finding out that these are actually real Yakuza traditions that were done. Like I dreamt that Yakuza were coming to kill me and I dreamt that uh, they would have an old lady show up with letters as harbingers of death and all this stuff and putting them on the desk in front of me. I'm like, what the fuck is all this? And people were like, Oh, you don't know. That's a harbinger of death. I'm like, and then like, these are things I've never heard of. And then, and then Callum going and actually researching and finding out, no, like this is shit that used to happen back in the seventies. Wow. You know, the more I remembered and learned, I realized these aren't, this isn't my life. It's just bits and pieces of what I'm into, but also someone's not right here. Yeah. Tell my friend that me said, John, man, like this is all past life shit jumbled up in your head from your drugs or 
Like you're experiencing, wow. you probably were in Japan at one point as a soul. Maybe, maybe you were like, you know, in Labrador as a soul. Like maybe you incarnate. Like there's, there's that feeling of it. And like has like a very devout Christian guy. I really struggle with that, Callum, because it's like Jesus. Like I don't believe in reincarnation. It's not my thing at all. I believe in Jesus. Why is this all happening? And then it's like, what the hell? Like you really do feel like I don't know. It was unsettling in every way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here I am now. I'm all better now. Well, that's good. There's there's some shit that's not perfect. My memory's dumb. Like I can't, I I I can't retain stuff very long. It really, really, it's really, really upsetting to me because you know, like there's stuff my daughter will say to me, and I'll forget pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, although, <coughs> excuse me, I am getting a lot better with it. Um, yeah. I really only started like I'm an avid weight trainer and exercise guy. And as you can hear, my voice is starting to go because usually after about 20, 30 minutes, I'm done for the day. I can't talk anymore because I was intubated, you know, like they had that thing shoved down my throat. There's a, unfortunately, there is a repercussion for all those things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm back to weight training now. That's like good, really man. enjoying it. Like, and funny thing, like when your body hasn't weight trained in a long time, like fucking muscles packing on really fast, <laughs> like yeah. faster than it ever has in the last 10 years. I guess that's a good thing at 38. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. Go for wow. walks in the morning now, trying to clear my mind, trying to stay focused. Um, yeah. You know, I just recently, I'm actually coming to an end of another placement. So I got another job. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, I'm pretty much a contract worker in what I do. Like yeah. every kid that comes through care that comes with us is a contract. They only last for so long. We have, I have two little boys with me for seven months and now they're gone mm -hmm. home with mom and dad. So that's a really nice thing. In fact, that, that officially ends next, uh, next Friday. Oh man, that's, awesome. a, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, so, like, awesome although my life almost came to an end, it all kind of came back, and uh, you know, I'm glad. I'm really glad. There's always a lot of stress in my world from, yeah, you know, and and that unknowing thought too of Jesus, man, like this happened to me. Why did it happen? There had to be a reason, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm just so glad to be able to be here and be able to talk on podcasts with people about yeah, the experience man. and to tell them that. You know, when you die, I, I'm pretty sure, like 99.9% .9 sure there's something. Yeah. It doesn't all just go black. It all goes black and then shit happens. Yeah. So for all the atheist people out there as well, man, oh, man, I remember the good old days of being an atheist. <laughs> wow. Fuck, man, life was so much easier as an atheist. All I thought about was my orgasms and my meals. Is all I thought about. <laughs> and as soon as all this stuff happened to me, I became spiritual over the years. It's... uh it's a lot harder to maintain your sanity, that's for sure. So kudos yeah. to you guys because, you know, I just pray to God you don't have to go through the Indian cleansing you in a coma experience. That, that's amazing, man. I believe there might be more of this shit than meets the eye. Yeah. There's no reason for you to know what that is, and that's mad. Like, and I, don't get me wrong, Callum. Like, I know what a cleanse is, but I've never yeah. known that, like, you had to have a certain type of feather, whether it's crow yeah. or eagle or like, the incense going and how it was, even, even to the – even to the technique of how he moved his hand, when I explained it to someone, they looked at me and said, who taught you that? You shouldn't know that unless you're one of us. Wow. And See, I was like, well, you know, she's like, they don't even do that right on TV. Like, how did you? Yeah. Wow. And which is why I think there is something to this past life thing too, right? Like, but much like a part of you that survives on the planet, like maybe as a spirit or a ghost, I think that, you know, it's, it's part of that's passed on too. Right. Yeah. And like you see that a lot in my job, actually, because you know there's always a spirit of something in families that doesn't go away. It's like, like there's a spirit of say drug use, and it's and it's it's generational. Yeah. Like we all know that environment plays a big thing in that. But most people, like I've had examples of children who are in care who never met their parents or knew them, and they have the same struggles with drugs and alcohol and particular types of drugs and particular types of alcohol like their certain parents did. Yeah. So it's, it really is hardwired into you. We call it genetics, but like, I think it's a part of spirit. But yeah. really what's the difference? What's the difference between genetics and spirit other than consciousness being attached to spirit? Like, yeah. and, and I can make the argument too, that in within the DNA is your spirit too. Why? Because, well, think about it. Something has to make you, you. If you're from the atheist mindset, something has to give you your personality. There's no personality gene. That's not how it works. Yeah. It's and and you can't tell me that there's something not to that. Right? Yeah. So anyway, 
So there's my life. Wow, man. <laughs> I mean, that, life-changing stuff, obviously. Like, that is, yeah. wow. You know, Colin, <laughs> I made the comment to my wife not long ago. I said, if I had a gone last year, I lived a great life. And I got to do a lot of really cool things. And I got to touch a lot of hearts. And, you know, please don't get married again because I'll be jealous. <laughs> 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 I'm so but glad I, you did it, man. If I ended up like in a quadriplegic or something, and I couldn't be there for her that way, I'd say, "Yeah, go ahead." Yeah, but I have to approve of this guy. <laughs> wow, man! I'm glad you didn't go. I'm glad you're still here, mate. Wow! It's so, uh, every day is a gift and a struggle, man. Like every day is hard. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, for all those people out there right now who needs that inspiration, like I'm telling you right fucking now, like. If you're not looking after yourself, if you ignore your health long enough, it's going to go away. I was in the best shape of my life when this happened to me. Yeah. Like, wow. I had never been so strong in the gym. I got my own gym <laughs> in my house. <laughs> like, cardiovascular-wise, I probably needed work, but I think we all did after COVID because we can't go or do anywhere, like, go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Newfoundland yeah. Island, where it's also covered in snow for eight months, maybe you can yeah. relate to that a little. <laughs> like, and, like, we get, like, fucking 10 feet of snow. Like, we're not – this isn't the jogger capital of the world or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're not looking after yourself and you fucking honestly think you're going to retire healthy, like, you're, you're, you're crazier than I am for believing in ghosts. Yeah. Like, get the hell out there and look after yourself. Because I'm telling you right now, even if you do, you might still get sick and almost grow. That's what happened to me. And, like, man, the man. thought of not being there to walk my kid down the aisle when she gets married – Thought of not being there to help Sam. Like, poor Sam. Like, my little guy is only five when all this happened. Like, wow. he wouldn't even play his Nintendo Switch till dad got out of the hospital because he's afraid he might get stuck. Oh, <laughs> bless you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. these, these two kids are, are pretty good, like, that way. Very, very. And so, like, you know, if anybody's ever listening to this right now and you're like looking at January on the calendar, you're like, oh, I'm going to get in shape. Like, fuck January. Do it now. Start now. Yeah. Walk. Walk every day, thirty minutes, mandatory activity. Like, please, please don't don't throw it all away. Please don't throw it away. Like, That's you a could strong do message, man. Yeah, like, please don't throw us away because there's people out there right now. Like, you'll hear the whole thing where I shouldn't take for granted the fact that I got two legs and a heartbeat. But like, really, like you trust me? <laughs> please. Yeah. Please look after did, yourself. Did you like, find out what it was that put you into hospital, if you don't mind me asking that? Was it a virus or? Well, let's just say that they don't know. Really? They still really, they honestly don't know. They, wow. they think it was a random virus that I just reacted to badly. Yeah. I think there's more to the story. And I was lucky enough to film a TV show, uh, you know, back in March. And... I'm not allowed to talk about what happened on that show, but it might shed some light as to what might have been a contributing factor. Completely out of left field for me, but they thought it was compelling enough to fly me to Moncton to film. Wow. wow. So, yeah. That show, originally, I thought was going to be coming out this Halloween, but there's so many shows that got picked up by the network that they were like, yeah, you know, let's give it another four months. Let's wait till the new year, and we'll, we'll put it out then. So when it comes out, I'll be sure to tell you all about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. My lips are sealed. But I'm going to say this to you, when medical science can't explain it, when regular science can't explain it, when spirituality can't explain it, we all know it might be the paranormal. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, when I found um, out what it could have been, I was very, uh, it was fucked. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. But yeah, I got a feeling I'm probably going to be like on coast to coast at AM and all these shows probably this time next year as they're going to want me as a guest. Because that story and what happened to me is very real. Yeah. And, you know, once again, medical science can't explain nothing, right? Yeah. Speaking of medical science, have I ever told you about my dad? No. Okay, yeah. So, like, I never really told you about my first brush with the paranormal. I told you about how I got into weird stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, 2009, uh, great life at this point. Everything's going wonderful get the bad news that my dad has been diagnosed with renal cancer. Oh, man. Fourth stage, which is worst case scenario. 
and the outlook's not looking too good. The I don't want to say the prognosis because they never really gave one. That's not really fair. But they said, you know, people with this, they don't live very many years. Like this is something that was going to significantly reduce lifespan. We all knew that. Um, (laughs) But what they don't know is how spiritual and religious my dad is. My dad is like a devout Catholic, like prayer group every couple times a week, like rosary beads before bed kind of guy. Like, and me at this point is like the staunch atheist, like total rebellious teenager type, even though I'm in my early 20s. <laughs> like, not into that at all. And uh, when I found out, obviously, I was completely devastated. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my dad this young. Like, this sucks. And I can remember going up to his room, like walking up the stairs to his room, and I open up the door to the room, and he's in there on his bed with his hands back behind his head. He's right relaxed, watching fucking MASH on TV, you know, that old music. That old music was playing, and he's all relaxed and smiling. I'm coming to say, <laughs> I can't even talk to him because I'm so. He looks at me. He says, "Don't worry about it, man. This has got nothing to do with me. Got nothing to do with you. This is somebody else's plan. This is God's plan. Like this is in His hands now, not mine. I'm not stressing about this. And I just looked at him. I was just like, okay. And like leaving the room, I was just like, that's just someone who's devout, like in good spirits. Yeah. But there's something to that. There's something to that mindset. So this is 2009. They gave him like, they never gave him six months, but like they said, you know, we'll reevaluate in six months means if he survives six months, maybe he'll get another six months. Okay. So dad is still alive. Wow. Dad's still here. One of the longest running and living renal cancer patients on the planet. I think my dad is one of the first ever true signposts in my life of there is more than meets the eye what's going on with prayer and mindset and medical science. And when it all comes together, it, it's, a, it's a real shame that most people who are science mind dismisses prayer and stuff like that. Yeah. Yet bedside manner and positivity are something that's recommended. It's like, no, like you can't have your cake. You need it too. You need both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're all taking we're all taking these shots for COVID nineteen, hoping and praying to God that it's not going to kill us. That COVID nineteen will be staved off because we have an idea of what immunology is. Now we're connecting and collecting and connecting the dots to what these shots are doing to our health, and it's still better than the alternative, right? Which is definitely dying if you have asthma. <laughs> it's yeah. Like there's a pretty good goddamn chance. Um, like medical science is black and white. Uh, dad is anything but black and white like he is still alive very well he's been on multiple different kinds of chemotherapy yeah. uh he got a bonus cancer like a few years back they diagnosed him with hodgkin's lymphoma on top of his that he already has like and we thought for sure he was going to die this time god we really should have learned our lesson the first time mm-hmm. so he's in hospital for like months and somehow gets through it so he's still going strong now. Pardon? Still going strong now as well. Oh, yeah. It gets better. Oh, awesome. But he had been on chemotherapy for over 10 years at this point. Like that's a, And we're talking like serious chemotherapy. Like this is not, you know, you know, take a fucking shot once a week. Like this is daily pills that keep him alive, really. Yeah. But there's something to the power of prayer. I'm telling you right now, there's something to that. Whether you believe in God or not is beside the point. There's something to it. And I do believe that. I really do. Dad is, he had Hodgkin's. He was in hospital. Like, Hodgkin's almost killed him. He still survived that. Tough son of a bitch. And then, then when he got off the Hodgkin's, they were like, okay, we're going to do a scan on you now. And they looked and they found that his tumors had shrunk. He had no radiation. For whatever reason, they're like, you know what? Your tumors are so small. We're taking you off your chemo altogether. They gave him a year. I call it his year of sobriety. Wow. And within a year, he got, like, his health back. His hair grew back. Mind you, when it grew back, it was, like, the most darkest, like, mine. Like, like his wow, hair looked like man. that. Like, this guy's in his 60s at this point. And yeah. just doing so well. Cal, and, and wow. Cal, one of the craziest things happened after that. A year goes by. He gets a scan. And the doctors say, yeah, you know, we kind of figured this would happen. The tumors are start, uh, 
starting to grow back very slowly. And he was like, all right, I'm ready for my next 10, 10 20, 15 years of chemo. Let's do it. Wow. Right? And here we are. Wow. We're still going strong. Stage four renal, beat Hodgkin's lymphoma. That is a walking, breathing, talking example of the power of prayer and medical yeah. science working together, man. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Because guess what? Medical science can't explain what happened to him. Yeah. Or you. That's that's amazing. Right? So, yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about God and they, they think they know what he is. They think it's this, you know, this Jesus character who's, you know. No, no. He shows that in miracles in your life, man. He really does. And, like, you're not going to get many chances to talk to people who have that or who aren't ignorant to the facts, right? Because to me, yeah. after January, everything's a miracle. I have a fucking cup of coffee today. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be able to drink coffee. Yeah. To be able to lift a fucking glass to my mouth today is a miracle. I'm so glad. Like, yeah. To me, it's, oh my God, I, I missed my workout yesterday because I was so busy dealing with house shit. Oh my God, well, I got today. I'm going to get that shit done now. It's a different mindset. Yeah. And I think yeah. you see when you're indoctrinizing something like that. Uh, I think it happens a lot to the military people. Like they go into combat and they come out of combat after taking people's lives and almost dying themselves, and they're just fucking different people. So, and don't get me wrong, you might hear about the people who go off the deep end, right? Who do like, but ninety-five percent of them are going to be like these resilient fucking people, like David Goggins, who are fucking crazy, who you cannot stop. Like, I would never want to have to fight these people ever. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> they're going to destroy you, yeah. and like with one leg and a heartbeat, they're like they're going to Terry Fox. They're going to get across Canada. Like yeah. those types of people who have real hardships in their lives are fucking scary, man. They're scary people. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Strong minds. Yeah. yeah. You, they said, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get afraid of you and what you're becoming because you're not what you were before. Like you're not afraid of shit. Like heights. I used to be terrified of heights, man. Like I never go on a water slide. Now I'm like, water slide. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like, actually, I'm it's changed your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of glad I'm not a ghost hunter anymore because now I'd be like, yeah, abandoned building with big fucking billboards. So fuck it. Yeah. Gonna rappel down in this fucking haunted cave. Yeah, fuck it. I'm not afraid anymore. Like, whereas yeah. before it was like, I better write a letter of, uh, of acceptance to these buildings to see if I can get into them and, uh, you know, request an asbestos test. And yeah. now it's like, fuck it. I'm gonna do laundry for the, the windows. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I guess you wouldn't change what happened because it's it's actually changed you for the better. If, is that is that fair to say? If there was only one thing I do would be to erase the pain I cause people. Yeah. That's that's the one that thing I'd be. love to do. The 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 late nights worrying that I'm gonna die. Like that everything else, suck it the fuck up. But that I wish I could yeah, that I wish must, I could take away difficult. from my wife and my kids because that was that was really, really, really hard on them. Yeah. Especially when your dad is pretty much in the mom role in the family. Like, I'm a stay-at-home dad who looks after foster kids. Like, that's what I do. And, like, to not have that at home, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for them. Yeah. So, if there was one thing I could change, it'd probably be that. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to tell you that I enjoy being at home, but I don't want to do it again. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I'm glad it happened because I think it, it really was like, what the fuck else could scare me now, really? Yeah. It's, that is it's a really weird thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I've always said, like, I'll never go skydiving. Now I'm like, fuck, man. If I had the money and the time and the place, I'd probably fucking do it. Yeah. I hate myself to the moment I jump, but I'd probably do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid anymore. Right. Like, when they call me to be on TV, like, I'm still like this, like, barely can move. And they're like, so how you feeling? How's your rehab going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How, how are you? Oh, good. Uh, you know, you still got this, that, and the other thing. Want to come to Moncton? <clears throat> Sure thing, ma'am. I'll be there. What kind of suit should I purchase? <laughs> I'm like, fucking me before, be scared to death to be on TV or, or scared to, to travel to weird places. Like, to me, Moncton is a weird fucking place to go. I've never been there before. I'm one of those little sheltered Newfoundland boy. All I know is this place. I'm scared. Now it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. To, let's go. I'm looking forward to seeing that, man. That's I am too, be man. Interesting I'm, stuff. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, I was so sad when it didn't come out Halloween. I was expecting it to be out the week of Halloween as a prequel and a preview. Yeah. But uh, if there's anything I'm gonna tell you about TV shows, most of them are a couple of years old. Free see them. 
Right. Yeah. Minus reality shows. Minus reality shows. Like reality shows are pretty much the week to week thing. Yeah. And that's why they can pump them out so fast. Right. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of shows that get held take back. Years, and, yeah. Years to do. And, like, I guess I kind of gain an appreciation for that side of the paranormal now, too, where it's like, no, I don't want the popcorn fart fucking paranormal shows anymore. Like, I want to know what makes people tick and what the hell's going on. These guys were awesome when I dealt with them and like walking on, like, I wish I could talk about it more, but I can I ask I you what, to... what platform it's going to be on or can I not ask that? Oh, it's going to be on TV. This is going yeah, to be on TV. Okay. Paranormal TV. show. Awesome. Man. And uh, walking into the place they had converted into their soundstage yeah. was a feeling I'll never forget walking in and just being surrounded by gigantic cameras that are worth more to my house. Like people are up in the air on these fucking things where I'm filmed. Yeah. Uh, like just the most professional directors and like everyone calling me Mr. Mallard. And I'm like, don't call me Mr. Mallard. It makes me sound old and all the laughing at my accent. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and like the guy who like fitted me for my mic like hit on me. <laughs> oh, <wow. I'm> like, <laughs> he's like, put around, he's like, I know we're alone in this room, but I gotta put my arms around your waist and hook in your camera. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking straight. He's like, so am I. I'm like, oh, wow. why are you doing this? He said, because you're very taped. I'm trying to make you laugh. I'm like, motherfucker, tell a joke. Don't touch my junk. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the show to come out so I can expose my gay wardrobe guy. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, forward to it, awesome. man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a great life, man. It's been a great life. I'm only 38. Still a young. lot more to do yet. Very young. I've got a lot more to do yet. And, uh, you know, this is why I can't wait to come on people's shows and chat about it with them because beyond the paranormal, beyond the paranormal, you know, there were probably many times in my life where I kind of sheltered myself and just kind of stuck with paranormal and was like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. Everyone else thinks I'm nuts. Fine. You got to get out there, man. You, yeah. you got to get out there. You do. Don't, don't isolate yourself. I know people don't understand what you feel and know. I know great Aunt Gertrude believed in Bigfoot, and so do you, okay? I know what that's like to be ridiculed by members of the family. Someday they're going to be begging to see your show on TV. Like, don't listen to them. Like, if you listen to them, what's going to happen is that you're going to get to be about 38 years old, and you're going to be on your deathbed, and you're going to regret everything. Do what you need to fucking do. You want to start a podcast like Callum up here? I'm pointing up here because you're up yeah. here on my TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Callum up here a little. See if I can pick your nose. <laughs> this, dude, this dude is, he, he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start a podcast. Fuck it. Because yeah. I love the paranormal. I can't yeah. wait. I'm going to talk to crazy people. And then my friend Cat Ward, who's like, I was just like you once. And I got, <laughs> like John. And John was like, you should do a podcast. Yeah. Cat Ward's amazing. I love Cat Ward. She's well, I mean, I'm the one who gave the name of her podcast to her. Really? Like, it was, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm part of her history, man. Oh, I had her sorry. on my show. I was the first I was the first podcast she ever done. She came oh, on my show. And oh, uh, you know, I told her, I said, you know, like you gotta go and be bigger and better than me. Like that's the whole fucking plan, right? Like, come on now. Like awesome. go break it, go break into all these places, get famous, and I'll mooch off you later. Like, come on, <laughs> you do this. Like, I'm gonna go sure. back and listen to that one. <laughs> He's like, I was like, you know, we need to come up with a name for this podcast. And when I think about you, I think about the paranormal and I think about how what a beautiful heart you have. So call it paranormal heart. Perfect name. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Oh wow. That's cool, man. Yeah, we're all connected. Yeah. Uh, another Mallard, another Mallard was my mentor, which is oh, Jim really? Mallard from uh, the Mallard Report. Now he used to have podcasts that were exclusively paranormal, but he's gone into politics and other things now as well. Jim was, Jim is always a good guy. And to this day, to his credit, still checks in with me quarterly. Yeah. I swear oh. to fucking God, I got a calendar with all of his past guests. And he just goes <laughs> in and says, Hey man, you good? Uh, I'm like, I was a couple months ago, but I'm all right. He's like, all right, checking again soon. Like he's that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. like, and That's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, like, like, if I could think of an inspiration, it would probably be Jim Mallard. Like his quality of show and his, uh, adherence like he's had a weekly podcast every week for years and years and years and one of the things he taught me was you know you commit to what you know you can definitely do and everything else is a bonus so like i was like yeah you know what i'm gonna start with a monthly podcast maybe a bi-weekly one eventually and that's where i'm to now like 
I'll do a podcast. Like, mind you, Halloween is 31 episodes. Yeah, right? a lot. <laughs> usually I'm a bi-weekly podcast. First episode of the month is Paranormal News and reviews and stuff like that. Like, I'll do some news stories or I'll talk about certain incidents I feel that need to be talked about. And then, like, mid, mid-month, it's guest time. Like, I'll have a guest on and stuff. So, awesome, man. This show has gone from wanting to be like a strict interview show to picking up the weekly world news where you turn the page on every segment of the show. Like I just, I love that. And it's, I don't want to have a show people are going to get bored of. I want them to have something they're going to want to go back and listen to a few years from now. Yeah. Be like, okay, I know this is still pretty funny. Like I can listen to this hard to make evergreen content too in the paranormal unless you stay with the same old subjects. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. happy with uh, pretty happy with it all the way it worked out. And I mean, the stuff you got to do to get to where you want to be, and and you know, like one thing I had to do was really really understand music, and really really understand audio editing and how it works. And that is something that takes a long time to develop. Yeah. Like yeah. audio engineers are paid a lot of money for a reason. Yeah. Now you have to be one to make your podcast sound good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's hard work. <laughs> and like. Like just learning how to uh, splice music, just learning how to make things sound a little better. Like hours are spent doing this, yeah. And they fly by, and you realize, oh my god, I love this so much. Yes, yeah. it's it's. There's a part of the paranormal there that's still alive, but once again, I really do feel like the heart of all I've ever done and loved. It's always been entertainment, and uh, you know, I think that you know, a pro wrestler wanting to be out in front of a crowd, entertaining. Uh, podcast or want to be entertaining. Like I can think of, it's just, it's just part of who I am. It doesn't surprise me. My sister's the same way. She's a triple threat actress. She went to Randolph Academy at Performing Arts in Ontario. She wow. played the live, she played the live version of Lunette the Clown all across Canada. Like wow. well known. She's been in commercials like fucking crazy over here. Like, she's in commercials all over here. Like it, yeah, she's just, it's it's in our blood. We can't help it. Yeah, awesome man. <laughs> and, uh, well, but I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. Uh, I'm really glad you, you had a chance to hear what I had to say in my story because yeah, I think that there's a lot of people out there right now who, who might be struggling, and uh, you know, like amazing stuff. Too too much to do to check out, man. Look after yourself. Yeah, amazing yeah. stuff, man. Jonathan, this has been absolutely awesome. Can you tell? Can it's you over? Tell- Jesus, I never learned anything about you. What the hell? <laughs> well, we'll have to All do right, a part well, two. If you don't nah, mind, I got, a, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. How about I have you on my show? Oh, I'd love to come on your show. Definitely. And we'll, and we'll promote you. And we'll yes, get your I would name love out. that, man. Thank you. I don't. How long have you been doing podcasting, Callum? So as we recall today, it's been about four months. So it's been very relatively new, right? Yeah, like, so I'm still, still new. You're doing all the right things. You're letting people tell their stories. You're not interrupting them. And I'm telling you right now, that in itself is a massive skill. Oh, thank you, man. Being able to let people tell the story is very important. Uh, but you know, once again, Jim Mallard, Cat Ward, get in touch with these people. They're going to help you out big time. And me, like I can promote you big time. I'd love to have an Irish guy on my show. What's your favorite paranormal <laughs> stuff? <laughs> I love everything paranormal. Everything. Yeah, what's your main focus though? What's the one thing you're into most? Everything, really. To be honest, ghosts, cryptids, UFOs. I love it all. I've had okay. experiences. I've seen. I've seen stuff. I've seen ghosts. Um, I've seen UFOs. So I've had a few experiences that are, that are pretty crazy. But yeah. Wait, so this this isn't a porn podcast? <laughs> I know, I know. It's disappointing. Yeah, I'm in the wrong place. I thought this was like a porn. Like, let's get freaky. Like, fuck. Oh, no. Yeah, this is why I told you I didn't want to do videos. I'm just more <laughs> like an ASMR sexual guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like your name. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to have you on my show very, very soon. I, I would I, love I'm to. I'm not going to lie. There's a wait list on my show, but I like pre-recording anyway. So yeah, that'll be an I'll, honor. I'll man. Be Thank you touch. very much. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for letting me tell my story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. It's amazing, man. Can you tell the audience where they can find you? Oh, of course, everywhere. I'm like everywhere. <laughs> Uh, the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast is on every single major platform, uh, whether it's paid or not. So you can find me everywhere from Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
iTunes. iTunes is always a big one. People over on iTunes love their paranormal podcast, man. I'm going to say that. They they show us a lot of love over there. Stitcher. But my main home really is Podbean. Like, if you really want to help get the name of the show after some of that, hop on Podbean. They've been really good to me over the years. And uh, just great place to really subscribe over there. Like, so look up Odd to Newfoundland. Even if you type in the word odd, you know, and paranormal, my show is going to show up. The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Uh, my book, New Fee EVP, Talking with the Dead of Newfoundland, is also available on Amazon.ca. It's like three bucks. I don't even care about money anymore. Just, just go listen to it. You can read about how the ghosts were caught and then actually hear them in real time. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Uh, other than that, man, like, thank you. Thank you very much, sir. And I'll speak to you soon. Take Thank care now. Much, Jonathan. Thank you. Well, that's the show, guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy the show, please share the show. Share the show where you can, because that really, really does help us. Thank you very much. We will be back next week for more freaky conversations. In the meantime, stay safe and remember, keep it freaky.